0: Part seven, Toy Maker Takeover. You know the kinds of places you never trust? Like a shipyard with large containers, or a warehouse with lots of broken windows. Well, that's where we are right now. Happy the elf hangs from shackles on her elf hands. Her legs are secured to the wall by two more. Her eyes squint. Happy sees a cage on the other side of the room. Dancer is inside. She shakes violently with no result. Clap, clap, clap. Goldman walks out of the darkness into Happy's view. So we meet again. Happy shakes again. Goldman laughs. <laughs> Did you get a chance to read the newspaper this morning? Here's the front page headline. Toymaker Worldwide announces new production team, Big Plans. That's your trusted friend Alden on the cover, right? Shaking my hand. Oh, how funny. You're a monster. Everyone keeps saying that. It's starting to feel good. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the diner, Jane has successfully set up a meeting between Santa and her friend, John, to try and help Santa's situation. Pleased to meet you. Same here. I have one good lead for you, and then I've got two bad ones. Oh, cut to the chase, John. An old man that fits your description owns a ranch 20 miles from here. The mailman reported him missing when he couldn't stuff any more letters in his mailbox. That sounds good. What did the guy do? They didn't say what he did. His name is Rudolph Prancer. Does that sound familiar to you? I think it does. (laughs) Yes! A Ford truck flies down a country road. A mailbox with a big milk jug underneath it pokes into the road. It reads, Prancer. The truck pulls in. A big wooden house sits at the end of a long driveway. It looks like what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house would have looked like if it had heart. Jane, John, Baby Elf, and Santa get out of the truck. Check if you got any keys. Santa reaches into his pockets and digs around. He pulls out a bell and jingles it. Mm, I don't have any. Well, we can't get inside unless we know it's your place, can we? Behind them, a group of reindeer fly in the sky, responding to the jingle. They settle down in the field and walk toward Santa. How is a man who lost his memory supposed to remember where he put his keys? I bet I can jimmy it open. No, Jing. The reindeer all reach Santa and start licking him and nuzzling their heads against him. <laughs> oh, um, um, guys. See, looks like those deer know their owner. She pops open the door. It creaks open. Ah, hot diggity! Back at the sketchy toy maker worldwide warehouse, Santa's jingle sound has made Dancer go crazy. Dancer screams and bangs against his cage. Dancer, what's wrong? Dancer bounces harder, clanging against the metal. A guard walks in and hits the cage with a metal stick. Stop it. Dancer goes nuts. The guard turns to Happy. What's wrong with him? How should I know? Don't play games with me, elf. Elsewhere, Max Morrow is privately investigating. He's at a pier, it appears. Hey, that rhymed. A large dock stretched into the distance. Its main purpose is for summer fun and boat rentals. Max Morrow flips down the lip of his fedora to shade his eyes. A boat guy meets him on the dock. They shake hands. Max Morrow, pleased to meet ya. They're right this way. The boat guy swings open the doors to a large shed. There's hundreds of inflatable lifeboats. And are you sure they're not from around here? No one's reported anything missing. And when did you find them? They were hard to miss. They were scattered all along the coastline over a few miles. It was right before New Year's. Max scribbles something down on his notepad. Hundreds of miles away at a secret toy testing facility, Goldman and Alden sit behind a two-sided glass window. They're looking in on a bunch of test subjects in a room filled with toys. A toy scientist comes in with a report. The results have been fascinating. We've mixed our sample toys thoroughly with a variety of others and test after test, the ones dabbed with your secret solution have come out on top. The toy scientist speaks into a walkie-talkie. Please send in group number one. A group of children enter the room. They each walk up to different toys and end up playing with one. The toy scientist pushes a button on the wall and the glass tints. The toys the children are holding glow green, like under a black light. As you can see, they all chose one of the altered toys. It's almost unfair. Nothing is unfair if you're on the winning end. Goldman's cell phone rings. He picks it up. Hello. I'll be there as soon as I can. Goldman hangs up. he turns to Alden, start production on the new line and make sure every toy is dipped. Alden nods. Goldman gets up. If you don't mind me asking, what is in the secret solution? Uh, magic reindeer saliva and candy cane dust. Goldman breaks out into laughter <laughs> Good one, sir. Now that Alden is a bad guy again and a result of a broken heart and fun game Christmas time trauma, we should check in on Madison, who by now has cooled down and regrets pushing Alden away. So let's do that. Madison sits by her bedside. She tucks her phone between her ear and shoulder. Hi, Alden. Um, I'm calling to say that I'm sorry. I never left a good message, so I was hoping I could catch you at this hour, but anyway, um, I didn't want to leave things the way that we did. Justin is doing fine, and he wanted me to tell you thanks for your present. Someone at school taught him that it's really the thought that counts. Isn't that funny? I saw your picture in the paper. You look charming as usual. Oh, (laughs) please call me. Alden sits in the darkness at his apartment, holding a giant glass of whiskey. His phone lights up. New message from Madison. Now that I have a job, I'm worth your time, huh? Alden deletes the message without even listening to it. He takes a deep sip of whiskey. This concludes part seven of the greatest Christmas story ever told. Actually, I'm starting to think these parts don't really make much sense. It just felt right structurally before, but we'll roll with it.